0: Hi, everyone. Um, really excited to have you join uh, the new episode of MOPS Confession here. Um, so my name is Chloé. I'm product data scientist at Matkudu. And I'm really glad to have uh, Angela Cerrone from uh, Source Lab, so senior um, director of marketing operations here today. Um, so yeah, really excited to have you here today. Um, also, the audience, if you want to interact, uh, chat, don't uh, don't hesitate to. Um, say something in the chat or use the emoji Uh, we'll try to uh, be uh, reactive Uh, so yeah thank you Angela for being there today yeah I'm happy to be here with you yeah Um, so yeah it's the MOPS confession so uh, it's great to have you here could you please maybe share what maybe introduce yourself um, share like what was your career path and what led you to the, the MOPS world
1: sure Um, So I'm Angela Saroni. I'm the Senior Director at Sauce Labs for Marketing Operations. Um, I've been with Sauce Labs for about nine months at this point in time. Um, I started my marketing ops journey uh, uniquely like everyone else. And that's what I love about this is that everybody kind of has their own path um, to finding marketing operations. So I had been doing some social media marketing and uh, wanted to learn other areas of marketing. I felt kind of pigeonholed in just one area. So I joined an organization as an adult intern. It was past their internship time. They weren't able to get a college student but still needed help in the marketing team. Uh, I was hired for that role. It was a temporary role, but it gave me an opportunity to work for a SaaS organization um, and really understand the intricacies of a marketing organization. And through that is where I found Marketo and marketing operations and really started to dive into all things Mops. Um, Fortunately, I was at the right place at the right time and the marketing ops manager that had been on maternity leave chose not to come back. Mm. So they were looking for a marketing ops specialist um, to fill the team and um, gave me an opportunity uh, to, to join in. So I moved into a marketing ops specialist role and really dove into campaign operations and campaign execution. And then from there, I've just evolved as a marketing ops leader and really, I, I don't like to sit still. I like to continue to challenge myself. So I've moved from that organization to a small, smaller organization where I was the only marketing ops person, which we'll talk about today, but many of us can relate to that. Uh, and, and then just continue to evolve from there through acquisitions and, you know, choosing to change roles. So it's been, it's been a great journey. I'm happy to be here to share a little bit about that, um, with others that may have been like me and, and pretty insecure earlier on and feeling like, what do I do? I don't know what's the right path. And, uh, there's not necessarily a right path. Yeah. There's your path and that's your right path.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thanks a lot for sharing that. But yeah, I remember when we were doing the preparation, you were like sharing how important the community is for you. And yeah, maybe that would be super interesting for the, the audience here to hear like, like, how did you find in your early career, the community that helped you grow? And uh, what, what did you learn from it? Yeah, what, yeah, what was the, the, the best learning from it?
1: Yeah, I think um, one of the things that I find interesting is earlier on in my career, I felt very, like I didn't have anything to share. I didn't know anything. And it was intimidating going to um, Marketo user groups, being surrounded by all these people that know all this information. But I changed my perspective on it and realized, wow, like I get to sit next to these people and learn from them. Uh, So that changed that intimidation factor to something that I could really embrace. And so earlier on in my career, there was uh, live events, Marketo user groups. Uh, We would have webinars that we could join, but there wasn't this amazing group of online communities that we have now. And I'm so grateful for uh, MoPros and marketing ops professionals and Pavilion to name a few. But I think... Um, back then, you, you relied on Marketo user uh, user groups and Marketo community, and I think we talked about this. Is that when you're earlier on, you don't know what to put uh, or what to share. What can you? What value can you bring to the community? And you know, I think I was hesitant. I was hesitant to comment. I was hesitant to uh, share insights that I had, but I really leaned into the expertise of others. I think it's a natural progression for folks. Like you have to start to build confidence in yourself and what you know, and realize that your perspective is valuable. And so shifting from that, I mean, I think, you know, like I'm not a a massive LinkedIn poster. Uh, I admire our community (laughs) because we've gotten more vocal and I've learned so much and share so much with my team from other people um, on LinkedIn. Yeah, so, yeah, it's an interesting journey and I really think people need to embrace it even though sometimes it feels like uh, intimidation or overwhelm of, wow, all these people know so much. And then we internalize right. and think, I know nothing. So, yeah. And that's the wrong dialogue that we should be having with ourselves.
0: Yeah, definitely. But so you're saying you're not super active in LinkedIn, but I feel like you're kind of leveraging a lot of the community that we have now. Um, I remember, yeah, when we were like uh, doing the onboarding of SOSLAB at Matkudu, you were like the only one suggesting like to do some shared training. And this is what we did, actually. So it was a, a great opportunity. But maybe could you please share like what? why do you think it's so important to leverage the, the community like in your daily life? or Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, So when we were in our, and we're still in our mad kudo onboarding, but I think it's so valuable to connect with other customers of these products. We have an opportunity, right? Like we go into uh, implementation with a new technology and think, Oh, we're going to use it this way. And then you kind of pigeonhole yourself in thinking that's the only way to use the technology. So Asking for that and having that connection with some customers, I find that it allows us to kind of keep that open mind and say, how are other customers leveraging the product? Like, are there different ways that we can um, use the product outside of what we initially thought, right? Like, oh, let's be creative. Let's think about other ways. Now, I am not about doing a hundred different ways. Like, let's figure out what way we're going to start with and then iterate on it from there. But I do think sometimes we tend to get tunnel vision and think this is it, this is all we're gonna do. And um, by having community and having conversations, you realize there's so many different ways that you could do something. And it doesn't mean that one's right and one's wrong. One might be right for one organization while another is right for another organization.
0: Yeah, it's just like having more input and then you make your own decision. So yeah, I think exactly. it's, it's a great mindset. And like, I was um, curious, like, you, did you ever find, like, somebody that didn't want to share any information or f- did you feel like any competition between, in the MOPS con- community? Or is it, like, really nice and, yeah, smooth?
1: I, I mean, quite frankly, I have not found... Um, any competition. I, I don't think people approach it that way. I believe that earlier on in my career, I may have viewed it that way where, wow, are they, no one's going to want to share their information because that's sacred. Yeah. What I've learned over the years is that we're all here to support each other. And it's, it's a great community for that. Like we want to see each other go higher we want to lift each other up. Um, so I believe it's not necessarily competitive in that where in that way where we're not sharing. I think it's competitive in a perspective of it's that um, like insecurity initially where you feel as if maybe someone's not going to want to share, and that's that's a preconceived notion that doesn't hold any value really.
0: Yeah definitely. So would you say like maybe the MOPS uh, professional are supporting more each other than in any other roles or yeah, do you think it's like particular to this profession?
1: So I don't know that I would say that MOPS supports their community more than any other roles. I don't necessarily believe that. I would say that that's what I see at this point in time. I see the community lifting each other up and really diving in and connecting um but that said i'm part of other communities that have sales and um rev ops folks and so i do believe this community focus is something that is uh available in many other functional areas it's just not visible to me i guess
0: yeah definitely <laughs> you'll tell us if you're like changing your job at some point but uh, yeah um Maybe, yeah, could you please maybe tell us more, like uh, you were mentioning, like how in your early career you were like taking from the community and it was hard for you to like maybe share back Um, because yes, you're in that position now to give it back. You're in this webinar today. You are sharing to the community. What would be your best advice uh, for someone that is like, that wants to start sharing to the community, what they should start yeah. sharing and what's uh, what's the best way to start basically
1: yeah I I would say and again like I don't feel like I'm a big sharer uh, and it's something that I have wanted to work on uh, over the last few years it's been kind of top of mind so I've been really trying to involve myself in communities I think the biggest challenge is, not signing up to for too many communities yeah because then you can't really dedicate the appropriate amount of time um but really just start commenting there's so many great posts out there with lots of valuable information share a little bit of your perspective in those scenarios and um that can help build that confidence and go from there uh you know i see some uh And I can't really think of the names off the top of my head, but there's many great people that put tons of uh, information out there. But again, those are great opportunities for you to interact with those posts. Um, Again, like communities, there's many people looking for information. Um, And I think you, you started to talk about like the give and the take. And, you know, I try to consciously be. Um, giving back to the community and not always taking and not always asking my questions about technology or process. Um, I like to ask those questions in the community because I like to see others' perspectives. Because it might, again, going back to that tunnel vision is, it might not be a way that I had thought of previously. Yeah. One One of the other things I think is interesting about marketing operations is many of us haven't had marketing ops leaders to learn from. And I I'm I had one when I first started in marketing operations, but most of the learning I've done along the way has been self-taught. Yeah. It's by leveraging and knowing where to go for information and having those conversations with people. Um, so I think that if if you are one of those folks that doesn't have a marketing ops leader that is uh, a I don't want to say above you but a teammate right that is maybe has more experience than you use the community like that is that's where you can really grow
0: yeah thank you for sharing i think that's a, a great great advice and you were even saying yourself you were sometimes alone in your department in the mobs uh role, so i think it will like uh, resonate for many people uh, here um yeah so we were like maybe talking more about the community and maybe something that today um, that would be super interesting to share is like your recent experience um, onboarding uh, like multiple tools at the same times. So as a a MOPS professional, uh, yeah, it's not the first time you're onboarding uh, new tools, it's happening to everyone in the community. Uh, But in your recent experience, it was like, I don't know, four at a time. Uh, Yeah, maybe can you please tell us more about this recent experience and um, how did you deal with that?
1: Sure. Uh, So, as I mentioned, I I started at Sauce Labs about nine months ago. And, you know, as part of onboarding at a a new organization, you do an analysis, or at least this is my approach, an analysis of what's currently going on, what are the current MarTech stack, um, you know, the health of the data, you do a full analysis and, and sit back and take a look and, and observe. Like you have to observe for a period of time before you make changes. Um, we had a few technologies that were uh, coming to the end of their contract at the end of the year. And we knew that those technologies were no longer serving the business the way it needed to. So we had to make a decision on replacing those two technologies because we knew we needed the functionality.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It turned into replacing two technologies with three because one, we wanted to break apart the functionality into two technologies. And I still stand by that to this day. I think the challenge that we had was we were trying to do it in a very short period of time. Yeah. The fourth technology, and I think we laughed about this the other day the fourth technology that we wanted to bring on that was not um, a replacement was Mad Kudu. Um, we, as a, as a team, had made a decision to try to use some budget from 2021. Yeah. And in doing so, it uh, led us to signing contracts for four technologies at the same time. I do not recommend that to anybody. <laughs> uh, our kickoffs were, um, well, I think the first kickoff was in December, but then the second and third were in January, one day apart. So the challenges that we faced as a team, one is I had an open um, position on my team and we were in the process of filling it. So it was myself and a marketing ops manager initially. So that's a challenge, right? right. Like you have, lo- you, you still have to keep the day-to-day going and implement technologies. In addition, remove the old technologies. Oh yeah. So it, it was not- a, lot <laughs> of, a lot of project planning and uh, one of the things that I thought was really um, helpful was assigning a project lead of the team. So we also have an analytics manager, our senior manager, that was heavily involved with the process of some of these technologies. So each one of us took point and we're responsible for scheduling the meetings. And, you know, because I think one of the things that I have faced implementing technologies is keeping up with the project plan that the implementation team has for you. Yeah. Like you all have a pretty well-baked out project plan and we need to do our part to keep on, ta- on target. So it's not something I recommend anybody do. And, and, uh, had I known things would have shaken out the way they were, I would have probably pushed back and, and pushed things into 2022, uh, more, but we're doing well ultimately, yeah. cause I was not going to fail. Uh, and Yes, it got a little hairy at times, and we were maybe scrambling to get things done right before our integration calls, admittedly, but we're on a great path. The other thing I wanted to talk about was, and I think you're going to make sure that we do this, is adoption. When you take that on like we did, you risk your adoption because you're just trying to get, you're trying to check boxes and get it implemented that you may not really embrace the technology or have the space to think about how the team's going to use it and really enable the team on how to use these technologies. So it's something I'm very consciously aware of and I'm going to make sure that the team members you know one of the tools uh, I can talk about other tools, right? yeah um, yeah, so one of the technologies is six sense and and we've worked really hard to enable our SDR team on what sixth sense value um, can bring to them? So we're working in that, on that right now, and then we'll be working on Mad Kudu's uh, enablement with the sales team, because I think there's incredible value that Mad Kudu can provide for our SDR team.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great to hear. And yeah, I was about to hear what would you have done differently, but I think you, you already mentioned a bit, but as you were talking about the adoption, um, how do you get the adoption basically? We know it's important, but internally in your own team, but also with the other teams that you need leverage from, like, how do you get it? What's your strategy?
1: So I think it's something that um, you brought up the other day was that I tend to be heavily involved in the implementation. Yeah. It's It's a conscious choice for me because for me to properly educate other leaders in the organization, I really need to understand the technology and be able to speak intelligently to the ins and the outs of how things are connected, what is it looking at, what data is it, is it surfacing. Uh, so I have found that um, diving in and really understanding that helps me have those conversations with the appropriate teams to be able to get them to buy into the technology. Because at yeah. first it's just a bunch of numbers, and it's just a bunch of information that they see, and they are like, well, what is this? What does this mean? Yeah, exactly. And for for me to be able to explain and explain, it's in it. What's in it for me, right? What's in it for them? What are they going to get out of it? That's what's going to boost the adoption. Uh, yeah. And and we're seeing that. We're we're certainly seeing that, especially with Six Sense at this point in time.
0: That's great. So you're like basically trying to find the value. Um, that it will bring to different teams. So if you're doing the extra exercise to. uh, Yeah,
1: exactly. So as I'm asking really deep questions, it's thinking about how am I going to spin that for a team, for them to understand the value that it's bringing. So thinking about one of the things that I was hoping to share today is, is how important as a marketing ops professional it is to be an interpreter and, uh, or a translator, I should say, a translator and, And being able to, like exactly that, be part of the implementation, look at all of the data that's being populated. How is it connected? What what fields is it looking at? Then be able to summarize that in a way that our SDR team can digest it. That is an incredible superpower as a marketing ops person. And and it's something that's extremely valuable.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot for sharing that. and maybe you yeah, we were talking about the fact that you were pretty like close to the business uh, during those onboarding. Even if you're like senior director uh, of marketing ops, and even myself, I found that uh, really surprising and really great uh, to have like somebody quite senior so involved in the implementation. And I'm curious, like how? So you joined quite recently as a new joiner at SOSLAB, You you need to show your value, your own value as well. Um, how did you find that balance between like the strategic level and obviously you, you're really on strategical level, you did the analysis of like what are the, the, the current tools that are used and how do you find this balance between being hands-on and on the strategical level? And I think Adrian was asking maybe another question, we can maybe respond okay. to that. Yeah.
1: Um Yeah. It's, it's not easy.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, I think that's kind of like the summary that I want one of the things that I wanted to share today is I don't know what I'm doing some of the time and I just figure it out as I go. Um, But that's the key is that I'm willing to dive in and figure it out. So with the trying to balance strategic and um, more tactical, it's it's difficult at times, I'm not going to lie. Um, but for, for me earlier on in an organization, you know, creating those relationships with other functional areas and people um, within my team, that's super important. So it's a combination of uh, identifying what relationships I need to build and also having those conversations that are strategic, but really understanding things. So in order for me to make the right decisions, I need to get tactical to understand what's kind of happening behind the curtain. Now, granted, that's just my approach. And that's what makes me feel more confident in the work that I'm doing. There may be many other leaders that don't take that approach, but I find it necessary for me to really understand under the hood. So that way I can speak better to it and think more strategically and yeah um one of the the things that comes to mind is like now not everybody needs to get under the hood like i i i wouldn't sit with some of the members of the team the marketing team and explain all the intricacies but for me as the marketing ops team leader i i want to know yeah
0: and yeah maybe how is it going with like uh, your own team like is it new for them to have like a, a manager that is so close to the business that wants to know things or yeah, how did your team adjust uh, to uh, to this uh, type of management?
1: You know, I haven't actually asked them. Again, <laughs> a great question. I'm sure um, I will take that as a topic to talk with my team about. But the, the feeling I get from the team is that they're embracing that, that it gives them confidence that... Yeah. I'm looking at the things that they're looking at, right? Because there's a lot of things when you're in the weeds that you see that your leaders don't see. And it's really hard to articulate the importance of those things and where I'm right beside them and in there and happy to dig in and happy to troubleshoot and work through problems. Um, But also like... And I'm able to see them and I'm able to understand them so that I found I think they've really enjoyed that that I'm right next to them Um, although we'll find out right
0: yeah we can ask them afterwards but yeah uh, that's but yeah maybe do you think it's like linked to the fact that you joined recently that you needed like to like proof as know the new tools and maybe along the way you'll be like maybe less close to the business or is it something that you think will keep going uh, yeah. along the way yeah
1: i i certainly do i think that um especially starting and not understanding how data f- flowed through the system and it was important for me to get close to it to really understand it and then you know now that i'm nine months out, it's it's a little bit easier for me to step away because now I have a, a pretty good understanding of what's happening under the yeah. hood per se. Um, and it's also empowering for the team because they do know that I get what's going on under there. So when they're stressed or overwhelmed, it's like, I understand it is going to be stressful and it is going to be overwhelming, but let's pause. Let's think about what all of these activities are doing and what value they're bringing, and then we can prioritize. Um, So yeah, I think as we continue to evolve as a team, there'll be more delegation. And I think that's crucial to continue to move the team um, and elevate each of the team members too, because one of the things that I tried not to do is take over for them. Um, Yeah, that's hard when you're like- When you're new, Yeah. yeah is hard um, because you're wanting to prove that you know what you're doing or what you're looking at, um, but you have to balance that without uh, you know, taking over for the team. So it's it's been an interesting journey. I had been at my previous company for essentially the equivalent of five years because they acquired the company I was at previously. So I hadn't changed jobs in a long time. So this experience of Coming into a team that was already established and having to learn the systems and understand the data and understand the personalities on the team has been incredible. Yeah, really uh, an opportunity to grow as a professional and as a leader.
0: And yeah, what do you,
1: what would you say
0: as a leader or even in the profession of marketing ops? What do you know now that maybe you didn't know like five years ago when you were in your previous company? What was the, what are the main learning as a, yeah, as a manager maybe, but also as a MOPs professional?
1: Oh gosh, I mean, the there's so profession. much, so much that I did main takeaway. That five years ago. <laughs> um, gosh, I, I don't know that I can like pinpoint just one thing. I, I think the major lessons that I've learned in the last five years are delegation, uh, prioritization and business impact and really thinking about all the efforts that marketing ops provides, or all the efforts that we do and how that provides value and really thinking about that value that we're providing as the way to prioritize the work that we're doing. So I recently read a book, um, Essentialism, and he talks about how many of us minor in ma- uh, major and minor activities and how do you pull yourself out of that? And I think that's something that many of us as marketing ops professionals, and I would say sales ops professionals probably feel is we feel like we're doing so many things during the day, but then at the end of the day, we don't feel like we accomplished anything. And yeah. That's a fun feeling. So how do you think about what's essential? What's going to provide the most impact?
0: Yeah. And also for your own, yeah. Uh, accomplishment you want to be satisfied at the end of the day like I did something and sometimes doing multitask is kind of yeah it's Mm -hmm. you're working a lot but you don't see the achievements at the end of the day so yeah that's kind of tough (laughs) I feel it I'm sure
1: I'm sure you do yeah
0: yeah Yeah. so um, that's great that you bring that up like this maybe multitasking and different tools like For me, like working with different customers in different onboardings in the past, I've noticed like different, like, I don't know, persona. Um, And I wanted to have your opinion, like on the MOPS professional, do you think it's like um, a MOPS professional needs to know specific tools or should the MOPS professional rely on uh, its other colleagues uh, that are more expert than him or her? Um, Yeah, what's your opinion on that?
1: So I think that it depends. I yeah. love that. Love oh. that answer. It depends on the organization that a person's with. Um, it depends on the team they have. So there's a, there's a lot of factors there. I've, I've operated multiple ways. I believe that as a ops professional, it really is helpful to have a good understanding of let's say Salesforce, right? Have a, a solid understanding of the, the conceptual, um, setup of salesforce and it helps you better articulate the needs that you have and think about them end to end. So marketing ops is not just marketing like it flows so far deep yeah. and so being able to understand your systems and how that data flows through and the way your salesforce uh instance is customized super important. Like if i need something developed in salesforce makes it a lot easier for everybody involved if i'm able to articulate it very specifically to the teams that said not all organizations need that level of expertise in the marketing ops team Um, i think that there are some really really great sales ops and business systems teams that can meet with you and say okay what's the goal here and they can walk you through how to get to what you really need. So I learned actually I learned most of the most of this from working at Upland Software and working with the teams there because of the questions they asked. So now when I think about something, I go right back to the questions that were asked when I was working at Upland about what's the goal of this? What are we looking to do? How is the data going to be populated? So you know let's say I needed a field. Um in and, and it it's so that's where I start now. I don't I don't even need to be asked. And I think yeah. for other marketing ops professionals, it depends because some aren't as intrigued by the technology like I am. Uh so it depends on the type of marketing ops person that you are.
0: Yeah, and also the organization and yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's super interesting to see that you learned from your Colleagues uh, directly, and that it gave you like a really a great expertise yourself. And um, and so maybe like talking about like relationships with other teams. Um, and you, we can also uh, go back to the fact that you joined uh, Soslab quite recently. Like, how was it to join uh, like in a senior role uh, this company? Like, in terms of relationship with other teams, because marketing ops is at the center of of the organization you're with sales of revops like it's at the center like how what was your mindset and like maybe can you share like um how was it to build relationship uh with the other teams and how was it yeah
1: yeah um so i believe that the relationships are what make or break you in a in a role yeah Um, and so coming into sauce labs it was really important that i start to establish those relationships with my peers uh, for trust, for respect, for collaboration, um, for clear communication. One of the things that I've mentioned to others is that sometimes marketing ops ends up kind of over here and there's little communication with other teams and people make an assumption that because there's little communication about what's happening over in this area that nothing's happening. Yeah. Yeah. So by building those relationships, you can have those open dialogues really easily and continue to um, build those solid foundations. And then the impact to the business is incredible because now you're working as a team, not as siloed areas. Um, So I I feel very fortunate that I've had that at every um, company I've worked at. I feel like that's been important to me, so I always prioritize that.
0: Yeah, and this is, some, is it something that you're sharing with your own team, like to build strong relationships with their peers um, internally and maybe even externally?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it it's fortunately when I when I came to Sauce Lab, there were already some cross collaboration meetings that were happening. So we've really dove in and, and deepened those relationships, uh, and the team knows and understands the impact of having those those solid. Relationships. Um, there was something else I was going to mention, but I'll, I'll see if it comes back to me. Yeah, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. if you I I to... forgot it. <laughs> oh yeah, so, yeah, I forgot it. So when it comes back, I'll tell ah, you.
0: It comes like okay. I thought you were uh, expecting another question to this. Yes. Nice. Um, yeah. So that's cool, honestly. Like to see this uh, close collaboration as a newcomer and to see how it's going so well. Hopefully, with the new, uh, yeah, the multiple tools. Maybe we can look quickly at the chat. I see that people yeah. are, re- at re- are reacting about that, what you were talking about right before, um, like the marketing ops tools that, yeah, the, that someone should uh, handle. And I, I saw a question from Adrian. Uh, yeah, often mar- uh, marketing ops people hope to be more involved with strategy planning. Um, according to you, Angela, which skills and involvement would be more beneficial for a marketing ops career—strategy or financial management? I don't know if you saw the question on the chat. I
1: didn't. See, I didn't see the question. Um,
0: it's, yeah, it's at the, the top. Okay.
1: Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I think it's it's. Can it be both? I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> I also think it depends on the organization it depends on the person it depends on the leader right like who are you reporting to what's important to them so there's not a hard and fast answer there
0: yeah in your own career maybe can you maybe explain what was the the most important for your own career
1: um i think for me it's been strategy yeah um but you have to think about the financial piece, so it's, yeah, it's not a, and it also depends. It's, I've had leaders that it 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 does, yeah. Sorry, I don't have a really great answer for that one.
0: Yeah, no worries. But like, it's great, honestly. But yeah, maybe if we go back to the the strategical level, like, when did like when did it start to come into play uh, in your career? Like, was it from your sure. leader? did it come from you? Like, yeah. And when was it, was it early on or?
1: Yeah, I think for, for me, it was, it was later on, Um, not in my first role because I was more tactical building programs in Marketo, but there was an element of strategy that had to be part of those conversations to understand what the, marketer was looking for. What was their goal for the campaign? What was the expected outcome? Uh, so there's, I guess there always has been a little bit of the strategy piece, um, even earlier on, but it wasn't until I was further down the line. Um, and you know, owning the marketing ops function at an organization that I needed to go deeper into strategy and really tie that strategy back to the overall marketing goals and, uh, objectives.
0: Yeah. And I think having even like early on, having like the strategy in mind, even not owning it, but at least being aware of what's going on. It's helping a lot being like motivated and know what you're working on, basically. I don't know if it's something that helped you.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely helps influence, right? Because there's got to be a strategy in all areas. So having a really solid understanding of the strategy above you helps to frame your strategy.
0: Yeah. No, that's super interesting. Uh, and I see that, yeah, Grace uh, is the same last name as yours.
1: I noticed that it is, oh, yes. but I, I am not familiar with Grace. Okay,
0: <laughs> that's fun. Um, yeah, I see the, the emoji. Uh, what advice would you give people who are growing in their leadership function within the marketing of space? And what should be top of mind as we take on new people, processes, and technology? Yeah, you were mentioning you were hiring and taking on new technology at the same time. So maybe a good question for you.
1: Well, I wrote a list of 10 things that I think are important. So I'm going to kind of just power through these because I think they really kind of tie back to to Grace's question. Um, Number one is no, and these are not in any particular order. It was just what came to me. Uh, Everyone's experience is unique. There's no right way. The way we approach marketing operations, the way we... Enter marketing operations is unique to ourselves. It's okay not to know. That's a big one. Like don't judge yourself because you don't know the answer to something. Uh, Know where and who to look for for answers. So be resourceful. So if you don't know, at least know where to look and try to figure it out and be dedicated to trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, Just start. So many of us tend to be analytical and analysis paralysis is the the root of our failure because we never start, because we're trying to get it baked out perfect. So start,
0: just yeah. start, doesn't matter. Even in personal life, right?
1: Oh, so much yeah. so, yes. <laughs> um, and I talked about this earlier as be that translator and how important that is to the work we do, ask the right questions, right? With your internal stakeholders, understand their goals and objectives, and then step away. You don't need to give them the solution right away. You can step away, step away, figure out the solution. And then you don't need to tell them exactly how it was made. So I, we use the sausage example, like they don't need to get involved in the sausage making Let marketing ops do what they need to do. Um, And uh, there was a woman that had worked with me at Upland Software, Grace Harbison, and she recently shared about her her need for oversharing and how she's learned not to overshare. I think that's a critical thing as you continue to move through your career in marketing operations is realize what information the team needs to know and give them that. If you give them more than that, it's not going to be appreciated. And guess what? you're going to be the one that's frustrated because you've shared all this information thinking it's beautiful and wonderful, but they, they may not even read the whole email. So I think that's a big one. Um, Being numbers and metrics driven is super important for what we do. Yeah. Understanding from a metrics perspective, the value um, that we're, you know, for prioritization, it has a lot of impacts, but I believe, In leveraging your intuition and your gut at times I think that there is an element of um, what we like our inner knowing that helps us do what we do so if we go back to like start if you have a a path or at least a direction you know maybe that direction is something that you have from your from your intuition and you just start and then everything kind of comes together so I know that there probably be a lot of people that don't agree with me there, but it is something that has, is part of who I am. I do believe that there's a lot of stuff that we know internally.
0: Yeah. Do you have like a story when you... No, sorry. Maybe you didn't finish your checklist.
1: Um, I, I wish no. I had a specific example. I don't... I, I would say probably just my experience at Sauce Labs. I had yeah. to follow my gut because I didn't have a guide of how to just even how to start a new job. I I know that there's a lot of great information out there, but I didn't have a fully baked plan of how I was going to approach it. Yeah. So, you know, allowing myself to follow what felt right at the time helped me through that process. Um, understand the value to the business for prioritization. I think prioritization is a, a key element, especially as you move through your career. Um, the and thinking about it in terms of value to the business and to the work we do, right? So like, what are the top level goals? And then think about everything that we do needs to be tied to that top level goal. And does it provide value? If it's something that, that provides little value, I have, I have the um, thought of just putting it aside. That can be a backlog item. We'll deal with that on like a rainy day project. Yeah. Minimalism. And I think this one's kind of funny because I just implemented four new technologies, <laughs> but we don't have a lot of technology. So I, I should premise it with that, even though we did four. I think being a minimalist, it helps with seeing through things and, and being able to keep things clean and organized. And when you start getting too complex, um, that's when you know problems can arise. Yeah. I have two more. Delegate. I don't think that's a surprise because we talked about that earlier. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's a tough thing as you start to enter leadership is allowing people around you to do things. I think there's an element of like, oh my gosh, are they going to do it the way I want it done? And it doesn't have to be the way you want it done. If If it's done a certain percentage of the way you would have done it, great. Like, and it's an opportunity to work together to share insights. To say, "Oh, well, that's great. Thank you for doing that. Here's how I would have approached it," and maybe there's a learning session that can happen. So, delegation is is huge, and um, you know, having those team members, they want that, they want that empowerment to do things.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And then um, communication, collaboration, and clear expectations is my last one, and how important that is. So, again, going back to if you're communicating about the work you're doing, people start to get bought into it and they appreciate it and value it. If they don't know, they think nothing's happening. Um, And then setting clear expectations for folks. Um, You know, I share timelines and, um, you know, different impact to different teams so people know what the expectation is, where I might need them and like the implementation when we need to pull in the salesforce team and those sorts of yeah. things. Yeah. So that's my little s- snippet of information that I think is valuable for someone in marketing ops to know.
0: Yeah. I hope Grace it was uh, g- yeah, great for you to to hear the the top uh, the top uh, advice from uh, Angela. And I was curious maybe a follow-up question you were talking about the value out of everything that you're doing are you like um looking also at the efforts of like like something that is really like low effort but high value or is it something you're looking at as well
1: yeah yeah certainly right like um the effort value matrix and thinking about that and these are conversations that i have with the team often is is around that right and and being able to help all of us look at all of the requests that come to us and how do we how do we do that? I don't think there's a there's a specific answer to that because each request is so different. But the, you do need to think about effort yeah. and value. Yeah. Um, there was. Oh, yeah. I was going to say this. If Grace has more questions, she can connect with me on LinkedIn or on one of the communities I'm on because I'm happy to continue this conversation after.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know if you want to share the community you're connected to or.
1: Oh, um, MoPros. I'm an ambassador for MoPros with Mike Rizzo. Um, Marketing ops professionals, I think it's in a Tumos group. And I'm also part of Pavilion.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah. You mentioned it. Nice. And I see that Jamie was also asking a question. What tips would you give for transitioning your team out of day to day tactical tasks? and shifting over into more strategic role.
1: So I see this question is asking about the team.
0: Yeah, not, it's not, not the, sure. yeah.
1: Um, so it's about being that leader and making that, setting that clear expectation to, to the stakeholders that are requesting all these things, right? Like being very clear and intentional of how the team's gonna operate and let people know that this is how they interact with them and that you know, we have a marketing ops roadmap. And if you have requests, we're going to have to take a look at where we're going to fit that into to the plan. Um, so I do think that falls on, some of that falls on the leader to, to give the team that space to be strategic. So my team will tell you that I've told them, you know, I really advocate for blocking time for them to think, Because sometimes when we're doing so many things, we don't really have the opportunity to think strategically. And that's super important. So um, I encourage them, block your calendar, take time and really think about the best approach for this versus scrambling to get something out the door.
0: Uh, And Do you block time altogether or do you suggest them to do it on their own or yeah, how does it work?
1: So they can do that on their own, um, depending on the projects that they have and the the work they need to do, right? Like if they have a larger initiative, they're trying to figure out something um, or like figure out the proper solution. I encourage them to do that on their own. And then there are other times that us as a team or maybe two of us will hop in and have a, a, you know, a 90 minute session to just kind of brainstorm and iterate on different potential solutions for something. So we try to collaborate as a team, but I also think that individually we need that space.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's so hard to you, even like when you block time to respect that, you know, and not being like over uh, overwhelmed by everything that's coming on the on the daily basis. So, yeah. I think that's a uh, yeah. I see low rising blocking time for flow state thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, super important in every job, I think. Even I, I said- think
1: also saying no to meetings. I just saw a post on this too. And I, I've been telling, uh, it's like my, my chant to many folks is like, I put you as optional just in case this is something that you want to have buy-in and knowledge on. Um, I try to be respectful of people's calendars. So I will put people as optional. But I tell people all the time, if you don't think this is important to you or it is something that you need to be aware of, decline. That's Okay. I, I encourage that. Um, or ask me, like, hey, what, do you, what is the expected input that you need from me for this meeting? And I'm happy to share. But I, I do try to be good about not including the world in meetings, because it's not a good use of everybody's time.
0: No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree on that point. Um, yeah, so I think we responded to all the questions on the chat. Uh, Do you have more questions to ask to Angela today? Uh, I see Laura is typing. Um, Maybe, Angela, do you have anything you wanted to maybe share uh, that we didn't have, uh, we didn't cover before or are you good on your side?
1: I think the last thing I would say is I, I, all I know is the way I've been going and that works for me, but it might not work for you. And I, I hope that um, anybody listening got a couple of tidbits of information that they found valuable and that they can think about as they launch in their marketing ops or rev ops career
0: yeah thanks a lot for sharing I think that was uh, super useful for the audience and uh, yeah thanks a lot for your experience for sharing your experience and your opinion on, on uh, the question we asked that's this super great so
1: thank you so much for inviting me on here
0: yeah Thank you so much uh, for watching and uh, yeah, let's uh, don't hesitate to connect with Angela. She mentioned uh, the community she's on or on LinkedIn. Uh, I think she will be more than happy to talk with you.
1: Yes, absolutely.